Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thank you so much. Oh, lovely. It's lovely to be back and lovely to be worshipping with you all and together and all of those things. Thank you for coming. So I'm feeling slightly while I get my things. Excellent. So um, we are starting a brand new year. First time we've been back here, and a brand new series as well. Um, I don't know how you start your new year. Um, I often find that the first question I get from people after, did you have a nice Christmas? Did you, all of you manage to ninja the COVID and not get sick? Um, the next question is, what are, you, what are your goals for this year? Do you have intense friends like that? Like, what, are your, what, what, are they, what are you doing this year? What are you doing? What's your goal? And actually, there's this kind of thing in our culture where the expectation is that everything is going to get bigger and better and go faster and go further and more forward, isn't it? All the time. And that's kind of every year that can get a bit exhausting when you think, well, I need to do that. And I need to do that with my health and I need to do it with my career and my house, my home, wherever I live. I need to do it with my friendships, my relationships, all of the stuff it needs all to grow and get better all the time. I want to suggest that none of that's bad, by the way. It's great. If you've come and you actually, I do have some goals this year. That's great. What I want to suggest is that actually Jesus has a goal for us that doesn't change year to year, but actually there is, there's a bit different to that. Um, and so we're gonna, that's what we're going to be talking about today. That's what we're going to be praying into and investigating a little bit over this series. Um, and we'll start that today. So we are going to be in John chapter 15, verses 1 to 5. And if you knew, that's one of the Gospels about Jesus towards the back end of your Bible. Great, and I think the words are up there for you if you need them. Okay, so this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And if you're following Jesus, you're his disciple as well. So this is to you. I, says Jesus, am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it'll be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing." Okay, so did you pick up on the word that Jesus repeated throughout that? What did did we get to? Remain, yes. And non-politically, just to say, not there. Um, (laughs) um, Remain, staying, abiding. It's a very different way to start your year than going, what's your goal? What's bigger? What's faster? What's further? What's new? What's special? What's growing? All of that stuff. There's an abiding and a staying and a being in that is already true of people following Jesus, aren't there? And it's also something he wants us to press into. That's this picture of a plant. We're already part of Jesus. He's already growing. We don't have to pretend that we are something. We don't have to try and stick ourselves on. That's already happened. That's okay. We're part of it already. We just get to kind of grow out of that. And I want to talk about three different aspects of this abiding or staying or remaining today um, that I think will help us unpack what that might actually look like practically through this year. So three aspects I want to talk about are positional, relational, and um, fruitful. There we are. So these are three things about abiding that we can get from this passage that might help us. 
So let's start with positional, okay? Um, have, any, have any of you ever actually, actually like, interacted with a real grapevine? Not, there's, not, there's not the wineries of Birmingham, are there? Like the beautiful West, the sunny West Midland slopes where the delicious Merlot was produced. It's not happened so far. But we did our very first house in Birmingham. Someone had clearly tried. Someone had planted a vine. I don't know why they did this. Um, and then sort of just left it. And so the entire one wall of our garden and the next wall and all of the flower bed and quite a lot of the lawn was vine. Um, but not nice, like not kind of full of grapes with like, I don't know, like coming from the nice Italian person in it just showing you around. It wasn't that. It was just kind of woody and horrible. Like, um, and, and it took a lot of so, sort of cutting back and, and pulling out of the ground and sort of to get it, because it's a very strong plant and it does grow everywhere and it does get everywhere, but it needs a lot of careful handling if it's going to be the kind of nice, fruitful thing. If you just let it run wild, um, then it, it will just be a, a horrible, wild, rooty tree with nothing on it. And actually, this is what Jesus is talking about. They would have been a bit more, when Jesus is talking, a bit more used to grapevines and plants than we are in sunny Birmingham. It needs a lot of careful handling to bear fruit. And actually, if you, they would have been aware of this. They'd have been aware that actually to garden well, to bring fruit out of a, a vine, out of a grape, grape tree, I was going to say, not trees, out of a grapevine, you would need to cut off bits when they got a bit too dead. You'd need to be feeding it and growing it. You'd need to be looking after it really well all the time. And actually, Jesus says that's God's job, Okay. That's what God wants to do. We're all already part of this thing of Jesus that's growing, and that's God's job to look after us. Now, that's quite a different story, isn't it, to something that we might hear in the world around us. I think we get this story told us that we are supposed to be strong and independent. You ever heard that? That's what we're supposed to be, strong and independent, that we're supposed to be able to kind of find a sort of inner motivation and inner strength and all of our potential and then, with all of our potential and all these different areas of our lives, all the time, go bigger, faster, better, stronger, further, all the time. And I don't know about you, but I find that story not just exhausting and a bit worrying and anxiety-causing, but also just not true. I don't know anyone who is always growing and doing brilliantly in every area. And I don't know anyone who's ever achieved anything wonderful without a lot of help from a lot of people and probably a lot of setbacks along the way. Do you? What Jesus is offering us is being part of something else, being positionally close to him and close to this kind of source of power in the same way that a branch from a tree is close to its source of food. If you cut off a branch, okay, it is ruthlessly independent, isn't it? If I cut off my arm, my arm would be a pillar of, of, of independence. It would be living on its own. Um, not for very long, actually. It would, it would go wrong for my arm quite quickly. And it would go wrong for the branch of the tree quite quickly. And actually, this is something that Jesus, there is a warning here too, as well as a promise, isn't there? That actually being plugged in to God is where we will constantly draw on a source of power and a source of love and a source of like, capability to grow in whatever area it is, slowly, with his help. Kind of in the same way, I guess, as there's a difference between being plugged into the mains and having a battery. Like it might be a very strong battery, but e even Duracell run out, as the adverts do not say. They do run out in the end. And you can recharge them, but you've got to plug them back in to recharge. And actually the, the option from Jesus is to say, why don't you just plug in and stay close to me? 
Now, there's a humility that we need to do that, isn't there? To say that I'm not actually enough by myself. And sometimes a bit of a push against the world we're in to say, no, I'm not, I'm not just strong and independent and having to do everything from my inner being. Actually, what I need is to be planted into something bigger than me. I was created by God who loves me, and I'm part of Jesus. And actually, it's out of that that I get my strength and my power and my growth. But the promise of God is that that will make us fruitful and that will keep us safe and healthy. Okay. So I realize what we often do at church is we go, okay, it's all about Jesus. Jesus has done it for you. He loves you. But I want you now to go home and pray more or worship more or read your Bible more or serve more or get in a team. If you're in a team, get in two teams. Don't do that. Um, One is enough. But there's often that we can, we can then go, okay, now there's a spiritual expectation as well as everything else. Okay. I am going to talk about how we might want to do abiding with Jesus practically, but I don't want that to be where we start. And if, you, if that's not what you take home, then that's fine. What I'd love us to do to start 2023 is to say we are remaining in Jesus and he is remaining in us. And if we do nothing this year, apart from stay close, If our habits don't massively change or nothing gets massively bigger or better or stronger, that's fine. That's fine. And I want to release us to do that. So in order to do that practically, I've got the lovely Pippa is going to come. We are not going to move on to how we do it straight away. We're going to pray and we're going to sit with this truth of abiding in Jesus for a couple of minutes. This is unusual. This isn't normally how we preach, but I felt this was really important for us today. Is that okay? Fab. This isn't about sending us on a guilt trip about what we don't do very well. Um, This is just five minutes of stopping and being in Jesus's presence. And however much we might enjoy that, actually Jesus enjoys it far more. He he loves to spend time with us. So I just want you to close your eyes if that helps you. If you're a physical person, it might help you to just put your hand over your heart while we're doing this first little um, listening bit. And I'm just going to pray, Holy Spirit, please reveal to me where I'm most comfortable or strong remaining in Jesus. And what does the Holy Spirit bring to mind where you're strong and comfortable to be in Jesus' presence. Holy Spirit, with the way that Jesus has made me, what helps me draw close? to my creator, my savior. Now, Holy Spirit, please show me if there's anything that's getting in the way of my Jesus focus, 
or intimacy? Is there anything that might have been helpful that I've been doing in the past which has now served its purpose and I need to let go? If anything comes to mind, it might help you to just open up a hand and like a gesture of letting go of that. And now, Jesus, are you inviting me into any specific ways to be more honest or vulnerable or stronger in you? If it helps you to perhaps just hold out a hand, your hands as though you're receiving something and doing to pray. Jesus, please give me the same appetite to meet with you that you have to meet with me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Oh, sorry, you're right. <laughs> Take it with you. Thank you so much, Pippa. Amen. Okay, so our abiding is positional. It is where we start from. If you've said yes to Jesus, it's where you are. You're part of his plant, part of his body, and that's not going to change. Abiding is also relational isn't it? And actually, that's what we, it's not just a position with a power grid, it's a person. Jesus is this person who, like Pippa said, wants to come and be with us more often than we want to be with him. It's a bit like the difference between um, having to take someone for a coffee and try and make them like you and going for a coffee with someone because you really like them and they really like you and all you want to do is hang out together. Um, I've got a picture somewhere of a plumber. Have you got my plumber for me? It's a funny plumber. I'll come up in a sec. Um, so if you have a plumber come to your house, um, and some of you might be thinking about doing some work on your homes at the moment, um, that's, that's a kind of, it's a relationship, but it's based on work, isn't it? In cash for a job, okay? So they, they, want, they want to earn some money. Uh, maybe they want some job satisfaction. Um, you want to not be wet, uh, and you want to be able to have a hot shower. And you don't want to have to try and fiddle around with that yourself. Um, maybe you give them a key. Maybe it's a long job and they can come in and out of your house a little bit. Maybe, because I know many of you and I know the people that you're like, maybe you make them a cup of tea or even have them around for a meal or tell them about Jesus. I know that you do that with your plumbers, some of you. Um, wonderfully weird. It's brilliant. Um, you are not God's plumber. Okay? If there's a truth for you to take into 2023, you are not God's plumber. You don't only have a key and a reward because you're doing a job for him. You are a daughter or a son, and you have a key because it's your house, and you have a room because it's your home, and you have space at the table because it's your family. 
And so there's, there's nothing that can take that away from you, actually. You're a necessary part of that body. It's like when, I know, hopefully you all had some time over Christmas where you got to sit down with friends or people that love you or family and actually realise that this, this, this feels like, this feels wonderful. This maybe feels spiritual even. This feels like a space where I'm loved and known and safe. That's what God wants us to feel as part of his body. That sense of actually that you're necessary, that something is missing if you're not there. And that's how it feels in the body of Jesus, this, this plant, this body of Christ that we're talking about, um, that God wants you. Like he wants to use you. He wants to give you a full life. Um, he wants you actually not to be static either because relationships aren't, are they? They're not static. It's not just a position. It's growing together and to also to grow things out of. Um, so how, how do we do that? How do we stay in this relationship with Jesus that we're talking about? Any questions? Any ideas? How, how can we stay in a relationship with Jesus? The spiritual going for a coffee thing. What do we do? Read your Bible. Okay, great. Yep. Talk to him. Nice. Sometimes called prayer, but we can call it what we like, right? That's good. Anything else? Pray your thoughts. Oh, nice. Okay. Bobby is referring to something called the big three, which if you're new, well done. Top marks that man. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'd, we'd pass the test, wouldn't we? Honestly, if you've been around church for a while, you can probably go pray, read your Bible, worship, serve, um, lead things, uh, try and do the right stuff all the time, um, invite people to know Jesus at least once a month. There's, there's lots of stuff we can do. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's like, chill out. <laughs> We know it. Bigger, harder, faster, further. Let's go. Let's do more Jesus-y things. Yes. They're all really good to do and all really good to press into. How do plants grow? Can you watch a plant grow? I mean, you can. Like, <laughs> do you? Or do you not notice them? Yes. <laughs> all right. Come see Eleanor later. If you sat there and watched your plant all day, you wouldn't see it do anything, would you? You have to be slightly odd and leave your iPad on your desk for a couple of weeks on time-lapse to watch the plant grow, which is one of the things that we did in lockdown. We are trying to teach the children at home and desperately trying to work out how to do homeschool. Plants grow millimetre by millimetre. It's imperceptible, isn't it? And actually, that's kind of the best way that we grow too. If we expect that we can go from naught to 60, if we can go from teeny-weeny to massive immediately, that's... We might accomplish some of it, but it also might be really tiring to do that. We won't be able to sustain it. Sustainable growth is a realistic assessment of where we're at. And then bit by bit, little stretch, um, little growth, moment by moment, that's how we grow. That's how we grow sustainably and well. And that's actually what Jesus is talking about in this picture as well, isn't he? You're already clean because I've spoken to you, he says. Now remain in me as I remain in you. And there's no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine so we have to remain in him and then also grow towards bearing fruit now has anyone heard of habit stacking does anyone know what i mean liz has okay awesome um this is something andrew showed me um before this preach and said this is a really good one that we might want to build in so bobby talked about the big three which is read and listen pray your thoughts guard your heart which is a way to read and listen to God, read your Bible, listen to God in the morning, pray your thoughts as you think them through the day, and in the evening, come back to him, guard your heart, pray before you go to bed. But actually, even that, that kind of starting thing might feel a bit far from where we are. Or it might be that we already do quite a lot of that, but we want to press into something else. And it might be that there's things spiritually, or it might be in our job, it might be other places that we do want to grow a little bit sustainably and well. 
So habit stacking is this idea that you already do quite a lot of things every day. This is one that's to do with, especially with health. You can find any good spiritual ones, to be fair. Um, that you, you essentially, what you do is you take something that you do every day and then add something to that. Just a small thing that takes you in the right direction. And then you do it for a, a, like a few weeks, a month, a couple of months, until it feels like it's become a habit. And then if you want to, you can try something else. So it's not trying loads of things all at the same time, and it's not trying to go um, into a, like too massive too quickly. So for me, um, I'm at that age now where I need to stretch. And if I haven't stretched for a week, you'll notice, because I'll be going, while I'm walking around. <laughs> that came across more zombie than I expected. So, but, I, I, but I don't. I don't find it easy to get up in the morning and stretch, but I do brush my teeth every day. So what I've realised is I can add a little bit of stretching into my tooth. I'm not going to do it, actually, now. But I can do a little bit of stretching after I brush my teeth. I know I'm going to do it. I can do it for five minutes a day, trying to stick, stack some of that stuff in. Or I decide I want to pray for my neighbours a bit more. I always have good intentions. I've got a list of my neighbours on my phone, but I never actually get it out and pray. Um, I don't actually find sitting down and praying very easy. I often need to be doing something. But twice a week, I tend to end up in Sainsbury's, which is the, not a very nice place to be, if I'm honest. Like, <laughs> it's, not, it's just not my favourite place, this big Sainsbury's. But I go there twice a week, and it can be a trigger. I'll get out my phone, I'll look at my list of neighbours, and while I walk round the shop, I'll pray for my neighbours. It's not going to take me ages. It's just a little bit, just a little bit of thought and prayer. But it's just a habit that I have that I can then use wisely to add something else in. This is incremental change, one thing at a time. Um, so at the... At, what, sorry, I'm just wondering if we're going to do this now or not. Why don't you take a minute and just have a think about and some, uh, something that you might want to change this year or a habit that you might want to add into your life and just chat to someone near to you about it if that's helpful. Just take a minute. Okay, so um, Rob and Ella just bring around some little cards. Now, um, on the front side, I've just put this abiding, remaining, staying with Jesus thing. If you don't open it, okay, inside there's a bit of a things I'd love to change about my life, habits that will help me get there, and people I can ask to help me with that. If that's too intense, don't open it. Just put it at home like this. And if this is all you need for 2023, abide with Jesus be with him, get to know him, start slow, that's fine. If the reflective bit is helpful, then use that, that's great. And you can write in that now or you can just kind of spend some time with that at home if it's helpful for you. Um, if you'd like to know more about the habit stacking thing, actually, if you go on YouTube, there's a couple of really good 10-minute videos on there. We'll put some notes to them on the small group notes. Um, so if you're doing that this week, you can engage with that more if you want to. Okay, so... Abiding, staying with Jesus, it's positional, it's who we are, like where we are, and it's relational, it's us walking with Jesus all the time and him walking with us through prayer, through worship, through serving, through being in nature, through quietness, through reading our Bible, whatever it is that we do. It's also fruitful. There's a purpose beyond just our own kind of internal world to our relationship with Jesus. And this is what we see um, in verses two, four, and five. Um, he, this is the gardener, the father, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it'll be even more fruitful. Remain in me, as I also remain in you, says Jesus. 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay. And Jesus, the context of this verse is that Jesus is talking to his disciples just before he goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane, which is where he goes to pray, and it's where he gets arrested and taken off to be crucified and killed. So his disciples are really, like, they're really worried. They know something is going to happen. They're not quite sure what. They're really scared and unhappy. Um, and this is Jesus is preparing them for that. So if you can imagine, they're all, like, putting their sandals on and kind of sorting things out. He just said he wasn't going to say any more. And then he starts to say this to them as they leave. And it's this invitation for them to, a promise to them to say, stay with me and I will make it better and I will bear fruit through you. What is the fruit? Well, actually, if you read the rest of John 15, um, then you'll find it's, it's healing, it's blessing, it's favour, it's the presence of God, it's gentleness, kindness, self-control, patience, love. It's all of those things, actually, that are also the fruits of the Spirit, if you're familiar with your Bible in Galatians 5. And so there's these things that God wants to bring out of our lives that are also going to affect other people around us positively. You ever notice that? You, you notice, don't you? You know, you can imagine, okay, I've got, a, I've got this friend that I know, and this friend is really wise, or this friend is really kind, or this friend is really patient. We see the fruit of who that person is coming out in their life. Um, and also it affects us well, doesn't it, when the people around us have those fruits. And that's what God wants for all of us. That's what Jesus promises. If we stay in him and walk relationally with him, that he'll bring this fruit out of us. Now, the observant among you will also have noticed that there is a verse two, okay? There is this pruning, this cutting off, which is not, doesn't sound very comfortable, does it? He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it'll be even more fruitful. So we've just said, okay, we want to be branches in Jesus, we want to be plugged in, we want to be growing out of him. What I don't want to be is pruned. I don't want to be being cut off. What does that look like? Well, I think um, it's, I mean, it's clear from the verse that there's two different types of pruning going on, aren't there? Do you know what not pruning is? It's, um, it's that bit where you cut bits off a plant to make them better. There we go. So you use one of, the, one of those secateur things and cut bits of the plant off to keep it healthy. Like, like the one that had gone all over our garden. If it had been pruned and chopped well, it would have been a much healthier plant. So are we in danger of being chopped off then? Is that what I'm saying? Go home, do more stuff for Jesus, or you might be completely chopped off. That's not quite what we're saying. Being taken out of the vine completely is, a, is about looking after the plant and looking after, so if the plant is Jesus and his body, his church, then being completely taken out of it. I don't know if you can think about um, some leaders and some teachers and some people, maybe people in the news, maybe people that you've known that have been really, really negative for the church and really not um, good people for Jesus, like to show who Jesus is. I don't know if you can think about some of those people. I don't want to name names, but I think there's, there is a, a moment where God does say, actually, you are being really damaging and really dangerous and really unkind, and I'm just going to take you out. Now, often that's for a season. I think there's, there's more reconciliation and more um, grace for those people than we see because they don't get back in the news, do they? But there is a bit of a warning that if we are damaging other people, then God might just take us out of his body for a time to keep that healthy. 
But actually, that, that doesn't mean that if I'm not kind today, suddenly I need to worry that I'm going to be taken out of the church. That's not the point. Okay, there are two types of pruning, and probably the second one is more um, what happens with most of us. And so every branch that does bear fruit, so every, everything in Jesus that does see some level of fruit, he prunes to make it more fruitful. Um, I pruned this rose bush in the autumn. Um, now, it doesn't look like much, does it? It's, it's, it's essentially a pot of sticks. Um, now, they are, they are sticks, um, but they are green sticks. And this is what you do to a rose in the autumn. I, well, I hope that's what you do to it. Um, it looks like that would hurt, doesn't it? It looks like nothing much has happened. In fact, what we, would, we would cut off some leaves and flowers that looked quite nice. And this might happen to us with our circumstances. It might be a loss of jobs. It might be a loss of health or relationships. It might be something that happens to us just through circumstances of life. It might be decisions that we have to make. It might be, I need to cut off this hobby or this relationship or this thing that I've started to get involved with or this thought process. It might be that we need to cut off some of those things in order to be more fruitful. But what happens to a rose in the winter is you can't see it grow at all. But underneath, its roots are going deep and it's growing and it's feeding and it's getting health so that when the spring and the summer come, it can blossom and it can grow and it can do the wonderful things that God wants it to do. And that's actually exactly the same for us. When we choose to cut off bits of the, our lives that really aren't very healthy for us, or when we allow, like when circumstances come in and do that for us, even though it's really painful, we can trust that the gardener's at work and that he's busy with us and helping us. We might not always see exactly what's going on, but if we keep leaning into Jesus and being connected to him and keep building into this relationship, we will, it's his promise that we will see fruit, and we will see good things come out of us, but also go into other people and help them too. So if we have one thing this year that I'd love us to take away, one thing for 2023 is to abide and stay close to Jesus. Whatever that looks like for us. Lean into those incremental changes that help us grow towards him and be closer to him. And to trust that the garden has got it. Trust that God's got it. Go for that abiding and staying. Go for that fruit before goals of other stuff. Trust that those will come. And actually, if you've said yes to Jesus, then that's your primary identity. That's a position that you have. It's a relationship you have. Um, and God is going to keep looking after you in that. And actually, if that's not you yet, I know there are some people here and just exploring you, just thinking about whether this is for you, that that's Jesus' invitation is to try it out, to come and say yes Yes to a relationship, yes to being with him, and then living out of that this year. So I'm just going to give us a minute, and the band are going to come back up, and what we'll do is we will just sit with that for a sec, and then we'll worship for a little bit longer. And as we worship, what God does is he likes to come and meet with us and draw close. And for some of us, that will start to be obvious what we need God to do. We might want to ask for prayer from someone around us. We might want to... Um, just sit we might want to journal down what God's doing we might just want to stay in his presence um, and sing so Lord we just want to sit with this for a moment with what you've got for our year we hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful why not come along and visit us we gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city more information on both of these can be found on our website thanks for listening and God bless